The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. You are all that truly matters. You are all that truly matters. Oh, Father, we worship you. We honor you today. We honor you today. Lord, have your way in our lives. Lord, breathe upon us afresh, oh God. Lord, open our eyes to see you in a way we have never seen you before. Open our hearts to understand you, understand and to perceive your heart of love to us and to the entire mankind. And let us be changed by this love, oh God. Let us be transformed by this love, oh God. Let this love truly reign in our lives. In our lives, and we declare that love reigns here. That love reigns here. That love reigns here. Hallelujah. We give you praise, oh God. Father, we worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We've been looking at the subject, love reigns here, love reigns here. And in the first service, we, we talked about the fact that, you know, if love is reigning in your life, that it means love is ruling, that love rules, that love controls, and love influences everything that you do and every aspect of your life. Hallelujah. And we talked about the fact also that as sons and daughters of God, we have received God's love, every single one of us, one way or the other. And the tr ultimate trajectory of God's love in our lives is for it to begin to overflow and to control every aspect of our lives. And so love reigns here must be the watchword for every single believer. Love reigns in your life. Love reigns all around you. Love reigns in your circumstances and situations. God, love reigns in every single aspect of your life. That must be what you ultimately want to see in your life. And so when love actually begins to rule in your life, what are some of the things that you would see in your life? We talked about a number of these things in, in, the, in the first service, and I'll just mention them briefly. Number one, we said that love will begin to rule your decisions. Your decisions are no longer just yours, but what God wants. And when you allow God's love to grow and increase in your life, you will be able to make excellent choices in life. You know, just like when a man and a woman get married and when they understand what marriage is all about. You know, the man of the house, that's why the fact that he's the head of the house, he can't just run off. That's not the ideal thing. Many people do it, but that's not what marriage was ordained to be. He ideally should not just run off and begin to do things like he was when he was a bachelor, forgetting about the fact that he has brought someone else into his house, someone that he needs to be responsible for. And it's the same thing with a woman also. The woman must realize that she is now joined to this man. And so my life is, is eternally intertwined with this person. And the decisions that I made do not just affect me, but I must also take into consideration what the other person wants. 
When you get into a relationship with Jesus and you understand that it's meant to be a love relationship, your decisions are not just based on what you want as an individual. You realize that you don't belong to yourself anymore. You don't call the shots in your life. But there is one who wants to rule and reign in your life from the place of love. Not from the place of controlling you. But because he is love, he wants to allow that love to infiltrate your life. And that's why you must allow him to be involved in whatever decisions you want to make in life. The second thing we talked about is that you must begin to view life from the lens of God's love and mercy. You must begin to view life from the lens of God's love and mercy. The Bible tells us that the mercies of God are new every morning. And the mercies of God... Is that attribute of God that doesn't give us what we should naturally deserve, especially when we miss it. The Bible also makes us understand that, you know, God commended his love towards us and that while we're yet sinners, that Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his all. So when we begin to see life from the lens of God's love and mercy, we begin to magnify the fact that God has done everything for us already. We begin to be more aware of the things that we have in Christ Jesus, of the, thing, of, the, of, the, of the person that God has made us to be in Christ Jesus, as opposed to what we don't have or what we want God to do in our lives in the here and now. So it's not so much of what I need, oh God, I need this, I want this, and I want that. But it's, God, you have done so much for me already. What do you want me to do? Here I am at your beck and call. Because it becomes, it becomes so big, it becomes so massive. You know, the things that when you realize and you understand everything that God has done for you in Christ, you realize who you are already, the things that you have already. And you know, in maximizing, you know, you've not even finished maximizing and, 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 and manifesting all those things, you know. So it's not so much a concern of the things that you don't have. But I have so much already. I have so much already. I'm so much more than what I might be today because of what God has already done in Christ Jesus as a result of his love. And lastly, we talked about the fact that you will become a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. When God is not asking you to kill yourself on the altar, you know. Jesus has done that already. So there's no need for any other person to give his or her life per se. But what does it mean, you know, every day, you are yielding yourself to God. You are laying down your time. You are laying down your desires. You are laying down your resources. You are laying down whatever is necessary to ensure that God rules, that love rules, that love's way, that love has its way in your life. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice. It's a choice that you make every moment and every day to live for God. So I'm going to read um, the book of, from the book of Philemon, chapter 1, from verse 4. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy 
and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. In many of the letters that Paul wrote in the New Testament, we see that, you know, he sort of brought out a love meter to check the temperature of love temperature for many of the churches that he was writing to. And there were places that he prayed that their love will increase. There were places that, you know, he commended them because their love was being spoken about in different places. He was commending um, Philemon all here also. You know, he had been praying for him. And, you know, the Bible says he was saying here that he's hearing of your faith. He's hearing of his love, you know, and, 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 and he, made, he made something here, said, made, made, uh, made a statement here. He said that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you. Amen. By the acknowledgement of everything that is in you in Christ Jesus. So the love of God has been planted in our hearts. And as we begin to acknowledge that love that has been planted in our hearts, we become more effective as believers. We become more effective even in sharing and in communicating that love. God's love on our inside is not meant to live there. It's not meant to remain there. But it's meant to be communicated. It's meant to produce an impact. It's meant to affect you. And it's also then meant to affect the world. To overflow to the world. So when you learn to acknowledge or realize that the God's love has been given to you already. You acknowledge that love and that love begins to grow. Then you are more effective. You are more effective in communicating to other people around you. You can't truly encounter God's love or be full of God's love and keep it to yourself. No, 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 no. God's love is meant to be shared. God's love is meant to be shared. So it's either, you know, you really don't understand what God has done for you. Because if you come to that understanding, if you come to that realization, you can't keep it to yourself. You can't keep it to yourself. It must be shared. It must be communicated one way or the other. Glory to God. Let's turn to the book of 2 Corinthians 5. And I'll read from verse 14. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For it is Christ's love that fills our passion and holds us tightly because we are convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. So from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one. But no longer do we see him with limited human insights. Paul made a profound statement here. He said, it is Christ's love that fuels my passion. It's Christ's love that fuels my aspiration, that drives me, that keeps me going. That is the reason for the things that I do what I do. It's the reason for which I am living and I am existing today. It is Christ's love. 
That's a question that we all must ask ourselves every now and then. What's driving you? What's your motivation? What's fueling your passion? Why do you do the things that you do? We live, you know, like some people say, it's a, it's a, it's a rat, it can be a rat race out there with people, you know, running helter-skelter, trying to make ends meet. What's driving you? Why do you do the things that you do? What is pursuing you? And you need to understand that we are involved in so many things on, in this world, but at the end of it all, there are very few things that really matter. There are very few things that will count for eternity. So what are we living? Who are you living for? What are you living for? And like Pastor T said, you know, in the last couple of weeks, what, what is the what of your life? The what of your life must be the gospel. Because that is the greatest expression of God's love to mankind. And the who of your life must obviously be God. Obviously be God. Because you want God's love to reign in you and through you. So Paul said God's love, you know, holds us tightly. God's love holds us tightly. And that means that there are some things and some places he would have run to. But it's God's love that is putting him back. It's God's love that is compelling him. There are certain things that he will have done. But if not for the love of God, he was restrained. So that same love of God ought to compel us. Ought to restrain us. Ought to determine our motivations in life. Are you being driven because you love God? And, and this might be, we, we, we have to get involved with natural things. You have to go to work. You have to raise your children. You have to be a daughter at home. You have to be a husband. You have to be a wife. You have to be a student in school. You have bosses at work. But what is your motivation? Is it God's love? Because when God's love is your motivation, you know, it transcends every other thing. But if you are doing all you want to do because, oh, okay, I want to satisfy myself, you know. Like, you know, Jesus Christ told the story of that man, the man that was, was successful. He was a farmer. He had achieved, you know, so many great things. And he was asking himself that, you know, what next? You know, I will build myself some bands and do this and do this. And I will say, so be satisfied. And he saw his end. But if in everything... You are motivated by, I want God's love to reign. I want God's love to rule. God is the who in my life. It's all because of the gospel. It's all because of the kingdom. It's all because God is involved one way or the other. God has led me into this. God has made this choice and decision for me and have aligned myself to it. Then it transcends every other thing. It transcends every other thing. He 
said that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives. Self-absorbed lives to my satisfaction, to my pleasure, that I might feel good, that I might have some fun, that I might show off. Self-absorption. Am I doing this because of self-absorption? It's a question that you need to ask, and no one can answer that question for you. So take stock of your life, and every now and then you must, you know, ask yourself, remind yourself, you know, to ensure that you, are, you have the right motivations. To ensure that the right thing is fueling your passion in life. There are many passionate people around, but they are being driven by different things. Different things. So there needs to be an everyday connection to God, you know, to live not to ourselves, but to God. Paul said, in continuing that verse, that we no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. Lives that are poured out to him, giving him every aspect of our lives for him to work out his own plan, for him to work out his own way. That's what it means for the love of God to rule and reign in your life. In every aspect of your life. Colossians 1.18 says that in, that in everything, he might have the preeminence. In everything, he might have the preeminence. Still looking at this verse. Paul said, so from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely based by their outward appearances. Because we are recipients of God's love. Because we have gotten to the place that we allow the love of God to rule us. We allow the love of God to hold us tightly. We allow the love of God to drive our passions. We don't consider people just based, we don't evaluate people, we don't judge people just based on their outward um, appearance. Because the people that you're seeing, I mean, you will never know 100% of a person by looking at a person. You know, he is or she is a person that God, that Jesus has died for. He or she is a person, you know, that has received, you know, that if he or she were the only one on earth, that Jesus Christ will still pay that sacrifice. So Paul says that we don't judge people based on their outward appearance. And, you know, if we learn to have that perspective in life, it will change us. You don't judge people by how they look, by what they have that you can see. By how they talk. Praise the Lord. So God's love demands that we see people as those that Jesus died for. And Paul went on to say somewhere that, you know, we should even consider others better than ourselves. In humility, we should consider others better than ourselves. Let's read um, Philippians 2 from verse 3. Be free, be free from pride-filled opinions. 
for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your heart, but in authentic humility, because there's fake humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Be free from pride-filled opinions. It's very easy to make an opinion of someone just based on, and you know, your background and the things that you, have, you, have, you might have experienced can color your judgment. And then you're judging people wrongly. And then you're making a wrong impression of them. And then God has, has intended for that person to be an answer to your solution, but because you have to answer to your problem, but because you have judged them from the beginning, you miss out completely on what God wants to do. So there are people that, and there are two ways to it. There are people that God has sent us to, but we judge them from the beginning. You know, last, last week we were looking, Pastor T was teaching about um, Jonah, that Jonah, God sent him to people and you know Jonah made a view that no because God was so merciful that he would do this and he would do that and he refused to go so there are people that God has ordained to be your miracle and there are people that God has ordained us to be a miracle to them and one way or the other by judging them from their outward appearance you feel that what has she got to offer me what has he got to offer me but this is a person that Jesus died for. This is a person that God has completed the work in him or her. So when we begin to evaluate people from, you know, the perspective of Jesus, we learn to appreciate people more. We learn to embrace people more. We learn to receive people more. And we learn that, you know, some of our answers are in the people that are around us. The Bible tells us about um, the um, Naaman, Naaman who had, you know, he, who was leprous, you know, and lo and behold, the answer to his problem was his maid. She came to him; he could have discountenanced everything that he told her. I mean, you are just a maid in my house, you know. What do you have to offer me? I have answers, you know, where I expect to get, and I'll pursue my answers somewhere else. You know, and he could have missed his miracle. But he took the word of the girl. And he got to a second stage that he almost missed the miracle. You know, when the, the prophet told him to go and wash in a, in a river, and he was like, ah, of all the rivers in the land, is it this river that we have my miracle? <laughs> but thank God he did obey, and he got his miracle. So we don't evaluate people based on their outward appearances. There are people that God has planted in our lives for our turnaround, for our, our destiny, to be our helpers. And so it's important that you learn to embrace people like never before. And on the other hand, you must understand that there are some people that God has ordained that you are their miracle. That you are their miracle. And so it's important that, you know, in... in this is our season of miracles. You know, God has told us that everybody's miracle is here. You know, but God is not going to come down from heaven. Do you know that? 
God is not going to come down from heaven to do miracles. He's going to perform those miracles through people, through vessels, through individuals. That's the way God works. God works through individuals. Amen. And so it's important that, first of all, you understand that, you know, I am somebody's answer. I am somebody's miracle. And that's the perspective that we must have. You know, the love of Christ should compel us such that you are, I mean, your focus is on other people. You know, you are concerned about the needs of others and not just about the needs of yourself. And you're asking yourself, in what way can I be an answer to someone's problem? Because every single person, whatever you are, no matter how insignificant you might consider yourself, no matter how insignificant you might consider what you have, you know, you are an answer to someone else. And if every day your question is, who have I been sent to? Who has God been sent to? Who can I be an answer to today, in this age, in this season? You will begin to align yourself for your own miracle. Because someone said that what you make happen for others, that God will make happen for you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. So in, in, in relating with people, there must be a deliberate attempt. There must be a deliberate engagement. There must be an, a deliberate opening of our arms to the people that are around us. God told Abraham that through him, all the nations of the earth were going to be blessed. Abraham is not here today. But Abraham made the connection with the people that were around him at the time. He made that connection with his network. And the network kept, kept expanding and increasing. And that's why we're here today. That's why today we can talk about Abraham. We can talk about the blessing of Abraham. We can talk about the prosperity of Abraham. Amen. And that gospel is still being, Abraham is still preaching that gospel today. Through you and through me. Amen. So God was deliberate in attracting man. God was deliberate in his endeavors. God was deliberate in his actions. And so we've said that, you know, the gospel really is, 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 is what our life should be about. So there must be a deliberate attempt. There must be deliberate actions from our part. You can't just have the attitude that, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, then so be it. God was deliberate and calculating in all his attempts. And that's what God expects of us, to, of, 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 of us to. There are people around us that need to be loved. There are people around us that need miracles. Sometimes that miracle is just a prayer for someone. It's just a prayer for someone. Sometimes that miracle is just, is just a hug that someone needs. I sent a message to someone um, yesterday, just WhatsApp message, you know, um, I know she was going through some, some, some um, challenges and all, but I just sent a message to encourage her and she replied to me. I was like, oh my goodness, that I, you don't know how much that word, you know, helped me. You know, she was so, and I was like, okay, okay, thank God. So we need to consider not ourselves alone. We can't be focused on our needs alone. The love that we have received must be communicated. That's the trajectory of God's love. It must grow within us. It must expand beyond us. It must be communicated beyond us. It must be shared, you know, within a network. And even onto places that we might never know by reason of our actions. And so sometimes it's not something massive that is required of you per se. 
a prayer for someone, a phone call to someone, an invitation to someone, the people that you know that you 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 work with, the person that you are buying shoes from, the person that you know you buy clothes from, your colleague at work, your brother, your sister, your neighbor. They all have needs and, you know, people are crying for love. And you must be a vessel of that love. You must be a channel of that love because God's love is bound. Its trajectory is that it will flow forth from you. It will overflow from you. It should be communicated through you. That was what Abraham did. We have the example in Abraham. And Abraham is our father. So we must take that same gospel and communicate that gospel to our generation and to our world. Glory to God. So you are someone's miracle going to happen. You are someone's miracle. If you, if, you, if you see yourself from that light, from that perspective, you know, it would change the way you see people around you. Because many times we're so, we're so caught up in the things that we want, in the things that we don't have. We're so caught up in ourselves, in being self-absorbed, in living self-absorbed lives. But when we're living by the love of Jesus, when we are allowing the God, the, the God's love to truly reign in our hearts, in our lives, the people around us will matter because they all matter to God. They will matter. And wherever you, you are, you have an answer for someone. You have a word for someone. You have a solution for someone. You have a breakthrough from someone. Jesus Christ said that greater works will we do. Greater works. There were limited people that Jesus was able to, to, to reach. But if us as the church, as believers, are going out and are affecting and are impacting and are communicating the love of Jesus to our world in various ways, we will see the manifestation of the greater works. So your life is not only about yourself, but your life should be about the gospel. Your passion should be fueled by the love of God and by the love of Jesus. So you have received that love of Jesus. Let that love reign through you. Let that love flow through you. Let that love be communicated through you in every aspect of your life. We're going to take a, a couple of minutes to pray this morning. Let's, let's rise up on our feet. Hallelujah. The trajectory of God's love is that God's love should overflow in your life. And others around you should partake of that same love of God. So we're going to pray for three things this morning. We're going to pray for three things this morning. The first... Open my eyes to see the miracle that you have made me to be. God, open my eyes to see the miracle that you have made me to be. Number two, let me see the solutions that have been designed to provide for other people. And number three, as I do this, thank you, Lord, because there is a multiplication of miracles in my own life. As you go forth 
and you be the miracle to someone else, I tell you that there will be a multiplication of miracles in your own life as an, as an individual. This is our season of miracles. Come on, will you lift your voice and talk to God this morning. Lord, open my eyes to see the miracle that you have made me to be. Help me to understand that I am someone else's miracle and help me to walk that miracle in the life of someone else that is around me. Let me see the problems and the solutions that you have designed for me to solve and to provide. Let my life not be all about my needs and my wants and my desires but God Almighty let my life be about others around me. Be about impacting the lives of others. Let my life be filled by the love of Jesus. Let God's love be what drives and fuels my passion. Let it be what Im 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 impacts on my decisions, on my choices, every aspect of my life in the name of Jesus. And as I do this, as I go about and become a walking miracle to others around me, I thank you because I know that there will be a multiplication of miracles in my own life. Miracles everywhere in my life in the name of Jesus. I am a miracle worker. I am someone else's miracle and I go forth without understanding and I go forth with that perspective that I am an answer, that I am a solution. Open my eyes. Let me see the solutions that you have designed for me to solve. Help me see the problems that God Almighty that I can be an answer to and a solution to. Open my eyes to see those around me that you have sent me to. That I will be a channel of your love. That I will be a channel of your mercy. That God, my life will not be about me, oh God. But love reigns and love rules. And love is about giving. <laughs> the Bible says God so loved and that he gave. Thank you God because that love overflows my heart. And I begin to see the needs of others. And I begin to give from where I am. And no one can outgive God. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.